Hi, everyone. This is Charles Murphy uh, here with, with Charles Villanueva on our first episode of Murphy's Law podcast. Uh, Charles, how's it going? Doing good. Excited to talk about Endgame. Yeah, we're going we're gonna to have a full slate of Endgame stuff. Um, for our first episode, we are going to go full spoiler reaction to this. We, we've decided in our brainstorming session earlier that nobody wants to listen to us talk about the movie like we are keeping anything from you. So we're going to go full on into our reactions, what we liked, what we loved, what made us cry. Um, and then before we wrap today, we wanted to talk to you guys a little bit about some of the spoilery inside stuff that we've had our hands on for three years, some of which we sat on, some of which we yep. shared with you guys, and how much of it actually ended up in the movie. So okay. uh, hopefully hopefully we do, it, we do it right here in our first time. Um, we'll definitely be open to feedback, uh, hearing from you guys, what we can do to make it better, what kind of things you'd be interested in in the future. But for the most part, Charles and I are super fired up to, to get together on this and, and work together again. So. All right, Charles, you've seen it twice, correct? Yes, I have. And you got to see it before I did. You saw it like a like pretty a much an entire day. Yeah, like a day had, before, which was cool. I, and you did. Uh, we talked. We talked the morning, um, the morning after for me. That because so Charles is in the Philippines, so he's about twelve hours uh, ahead of me. So when I woke up in the morning, Charles had had already seen it. Uh, so why, why don't you and go I think, ahead? I go think ahead. I actually spoiled it for you. Because I thought, because knowing the kind of guy you are, you, you're usually like, you mostly know everything before anyone else, even spoilers. So I was like, hey, this happens. Can't believe they did that. <laughs> My experience seeing it for the first time was, was, was super fun. The theater was super game. Everyone was cheering. Everyone was gasping. It's the kind of experience you'd want for, for a film as huge as Endgame. What about your screening? How was it? So my first, my first uh, screening, 6.05, Thursday night, um, theater was packed. And so I live in a smaller town, um, and I have to drive about an hour to get to the theater. And it's hardly right. – it's never been sold out. It was not sold out for Infinity War. It's not sold out for Black Panther. Oh, wow. Uh, the 6.05 showing – yeah, it's, it's crazy, people. I mean, you, you can walk in and get a ticket anytime you want. Um, but the 6.05 showing was, was sold out. It was the crowd was into it. Um, there were there were some people doing some sniffling, and there was a, a lady sitting in front of us that was just full on sobbing um, <laughs> towards the end of the film, and then she didn't stop. I mean, she cried for five ten minutes, wailing like like it was God. at a few. It was it was bad, um, and it got a it got a standing ovation at the end. So oh yeah, same part, same in my theater. I mean, people didn't stand, but they definitely cheered the loudest when all the the avengers names came out in the end with the signatures and stuff yeah. people lost yeah. it in my theater it was so it was it was a great experience and then uh like you and i talked about this morning my second experience i took my kids um and that was fun because i knew like what key moments to check in with them and my youngest daughter was just a disaster from the from the time and we're gonna like i said we're gonna be in full spoiler mode here back and forth so from the time Nat died until the end of the movie, she basically never stopped crying. So it was... It's it like was, a full uh, hour. Yeah. It was it's a lot like of a tears. full hour. Probably more. So I think one of the things um, that I'm, I know I'm eager to talk about, um, and I think we're going to kind of hit a, a lot of things here, but what were the, the highlights for you? Like, what were the moments where 
you just the the fanboy in you, the guy that's that's grown up um, talking to your dad about all these things. Like, what were the moments for you that you just absolutely loved? Funnily enough, I was just talking to my dad like an hour ago. He 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 came from the movie like just two hours ago. It was his first time seeing it, and I think we we bonded most on the final fight. Yeah. I mean, you can't top that fight. You can't top it. Nothing Marvel has done hits the highs of that fight. Because the fight is so... Everything about it is so well-earned. Yeah, I think that's a great, a great point. Like, in, in, to, it ties into like my, my absolute favorite thing. So there were a couple things that gave me chills in that fight. Um, in, like, Cap picking up Mjolnir absolutely gave me chills. And, and oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. Hell eyes. yeah. And you and I talked about this the other day um, when when it looked bad and Thanos had just had beaten down Iron Man, had beaten down Thor. He had broken Cap's shield. Oh, Cap's yeah. Second down. half. And the, yeah, he's got half a shield left, right? But he's going to stand up and Cap is going to stand up and fight that entire army. He's ready one, to die. He was going to go one on everything because that's who Cap has become. He didn't give and a fuck, I, dude. <laughs> he was, he was fuck. ready to go and i absolutely and you know we've seen that we had seen that um snippet in the trailers and tv spots of him like strapping the shield on oh yeah the shield and, yeah 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 you didn't you know at the time you see it you knew it was a big deal but you didn't know it was essentially cap preparing to take his last stand and that just absolutely gave me chills i love that scene you, you didn't know that his shield was torn in half in the trailer and i and i think what I love, what I loved about that the most is I think back to like watching Captain America, the first Avenger in theaters. And there were tons of questions around Chris Evans. Like, is this really the guy that we want playing Captain America? Yeah, that he courts, yeah. He's a model. Like, and when you think about the growth from Captain America, the first Avenger to the Avengers to Winter Soldier through Civil War and now these last two Avengers movies. I could not possibly imagine anyone having done a better job than Chris Evans. Totally agree, man. Totally agree. That like, is just masterful like, work. There's a moment in the first, the first act of the movie, like where you know, um, with with, with that Joe Russo, with Joe Russo in the therapy session, and and Starlin, yep. Yeah, and Starlin, yeah. There's a moment there where where he's like, you know, he's telling everyone to move on, and he does he does this expression in his face. That sort of informs his arc throughout the, the the movie, you know, like he's always been about you gotta move on, you gotta you gotta make the most of what you have, but he makes this face, this sort of somber face, knowing that what he just told this group of people surrounding him, he doesn't take it to heart because he knows he can't move on. He knows that he's still stuck in. In the and in, in his regrets, he can't he can't accept what happened. And Evans sells it so perfectly through that that one moment. Yep, I know exactly what you're talking about. And I actually I love that whole speech he gives those guys. And to me, like you, what you see in that whole speech through his facial expressions and through his gestures is a guy who who took that that you know two minute bit of that movie to heart and and work through it and tried to figure out like what's the best way for me to deliver this right, with full right, impact. Yeah. yeah. And he knew it had to be done with facial expressions that made you believe uh in in at least like that he was trying to help these people move on. And it was such a Captain America thing to do. 
and like when he said like the world's in our hand guys and he yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That, that just i mean that killed me that was such a great delivery and when he said you know Thanos should have killed all of us or however he phrased it like that, oh yeah 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 he says that little scene man he just he was amazing in that scene like that was great work of, of an actor right like you bought every every part of him was into delivering that message it was awesome i thought the guy did a great job it was amazing dude all right, what else? What else was something that you... Uh, what well? else? Um, I mean, the second hour of the movie is so fun. Probably my favorite part of the of their... Of their quantum leap or quantum jump might be the... Uh, oh, fuck. The, the Winter Soldier elevator callback. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God, the dude. The Hydra moment was great. That was so fucking insane. Because... Right, well, as you see them going in, like, you know, like, oh, my God, are they going to redo the fight? Cap even purposefully stays in the middle. And he stays behind, right. um, who's that actor, the one, who's that guy with Rumble? Like KG Beast in, uh, in yeah, uh, in BVS. Yeah, in BVS. Just like, yeah. Like he, he, he even stays behind that guy. And, like, they totally make the audience think that, oh, they're going to do the, the elevator fight. Yeah. No, I, they, I thought that, that was great, too. Yeah, and they, they totally subvert your expectations by giving you something else. Like, I, I thought that, like, the choices of the places they went to visit were super interesting. Um, like, and then how they still found, you know, like they found a way to put some, some great things in there. So to put Pierce and Rumlow in there, to put the ancient yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, those were, those were really cool. I mean, those are choices that they had to have really thought about, you know, to to maximize their value with those. I mean, those actors were probably on set for a day or two, right? So they had to make some smart choices on how to get the most out of it. Yeah, I mean, no way they got Natalie Portman for that scene. It's so obviously like a deleted scene from Dark World. Like, when you see Rocket and Thor peek like through that pillar, they try to, is that Jane? Is that Jane? You don't even see her face. Right. Did, was it is it possible that the Russos did a better like in the five minutes that they revisited Thor: The Dark World? Did they do a better job with Thor: The Dark World than Thor: The Dark World did? I mean, this moment with the mom with uh, with Frigga was was pretty good. It was yeah, I, that that was pretty good. That was a nice scene. It was a, it was super thoughtful, super touching, and uh, yeah, it, it in a way makes Thor: The Dark World a little less shitty. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like knowing that scene happens in, in in Endgame makes you look at Dark World differently. Yeah, I mean, and I think, I think a lot of somebody said this uh, in a, at the time when I I read it. It was one of the opening night reviews. They said that it'll make you look back on all the other movies differently. It'll inform right. you more about all the movies that have come before, and that's I, I can assume a place like that is exactly what they were talking about, like that. I don't, I don't know that maybe I've just watched Thor The Dark World the wrong way, but I don't know that I ever got out of it how important the relationship between Thor and his mom was. Like, that to me isn't, that doesn't cross my mind as one of the top five things that happened in Thor The Dark World. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I mean, I don't want to derail the conversation with another Dark World thing, but one of the strongest parts of Dark World is that whole thing with Loki. Mm-hmm. When, they're fight, when they're fighting over their mom's death. That's easily one of the strengths of the film, and 
We never get that with Friga, who's who's ironically the center of their fight. But in Endgame, I mean, it totally it totally redeems what was missing from Dark World. Yeah, I I agree 100. It really it adds, even though it's like it's posthumous to Dark World, which is dead and buried for most people. It does redeem part of that movie, and and I think that's great. I think that was a great choice. I love I love that they visited there. Do you remember? Um, you'll I know you remember this. We saw the set pics of the Russos in that with hallway. With a statue. With a statue. And, statue. and we were so sure a... that it was going to be Valhalla. That was a fucking thing. <laughs> I remember seeing, seeing Endgame for the first time and like, oh, God damn it. This is, this is the set we thought was Valhalla. <laughs> I did the same thing. as like, like one of the times that I made an, a noise out loud in the movie was then. And it was a noise of disappointment that I made. Like, where I was like, oh. That was what this was. <laughs> you groaned. You had to groan. <laughs> I did. I couldn't even be happy at, at what was essentially a really I mean, cool moment. I mean, we definitely built up Valhalla in our head as this super epic part of Infinity War and Endgame, and it's not. Like, I mean, it made sense to some extent that they would go there. and Yeah, like, it, made, we, it made sense for we sure. There's a good reason behind it. Yeah, because we had a good theory behind it, yeah. But uh, is that... Did they use the Durham Cathedral for that? I, I think that? so, right? Because I think that's where it was. So it was the same that. place where they filmed the fight scene with, yeah, with uh, Proxima uh, and and in Corbis, Scarlet, uh, right? yeah, in Scotland. Yeah. Oh, that's underwhelming. I thought they were gonna use the Which, church for like a cool, like a cool Asgardian set piece. Yeah, I, I, I mean, we were right there together on that. Yeah. Oh, anyway, what else? What's there to like? So other stuff, I, other stuff I loved out of that movie. So I, the like you said, the entire, the entire final act, I loved. Like I was, I was all over the place emotionally. Like I had chills, I had tears coming down my face. I was laughing, um, and I know that I know that one of the constant criticisms of Marvel movies is people saying, you know, they sometimes take away the poignancy of of what should be deeper more important moments by by following it up with some humor um but i man i didn't feel that here like i felt like oh, every yeah, one yeah. of those moments sure hit home and they and then they let it even though there was some funny stuff after especially after iron man's death they kind of flash back to thor on new asgard there and and he's obviously oh with guardians, guardians of the galaxy and yeah that's guardians of the galaxy yeah no that was that was super enjoyable i thought that was great um but yeah i think i think to me like the high points um were the first the first act honestly like i loved i loved what chris evans and scarlett johansson were doing in the first act i thought they were it was strong character work honestly like really really strong character work their moment together after Mm -hmm. like natasha has that conference with uh with with other members yeah, I love that. I love that little scene. I love what they were doing together there. And that's been a really great relationship in the MCU, right? Those two going back to Avengers and especially the Winter Soldier. So right, right, that right. scene for them, like you you used this word earlier. You said that a lot of the stuff was deserved. And I felt like that yeah, scene right. for them was deserved. Um, I I liked, you know, the it was kind of, you've talked about this with me, the the scene on Vormir was was tough to tough to swallow. It was a little contrived because you knew somebody yeah, going yeah. in there was going to die. But I thought that Scarlet did some good work in that scene too. Like she totally, as she's dangling there from from Hawkeye's arms and 
her the, her face has changed. She's at peace right, with right. what's going on. Like I thought she did a nice job there. Um, you know, wait, that actually just convinced me um, to love that scene even more because I was like, I was I was talking to, talking to him earlier. I was like, I was saying that you know it was contrived. It was kind of weird how no one knew that you know you had someone had to die in Bormir. But I guess you know. No one knew in the film. I mean, as as the audience, we we know we knew who was gonna die, right? And uh, I was just all they I was, did know was someone did die there. They didn't know that it was gonna be a sacrifice. Yeah, right? like, they, they, they did didn't know, know that was the price. They didn't know that was the toll. But yeah, I was I was talking to my dad. He we were talking about like how heavy, how burdensome Nat Nat's choice to sacrifice herself was. You know. Like, mm-hmm. it was either going to be her or Clint. And she knew she couldn't let Clint die because she knew one way or another they were going to get every single dead person back. And I don't think right. Matt wanted the Bartons to come back to life without their dad. Yeah, so I, I yeah, she, she knows that he has more to gain yeah. than she does. They yeah, both, yeah. They both are, are in that same boat. She's that's been her whole arc, right? That she has nothing, and then when finally she has something. In, yes, and and she once once that kind of little dalliance with her and Bruce in uh in Age of Ultron once once that that door was shut and they weren't going to be together and be a couple. Um, I think there's nothing left for her, right? So, but, so but that choice is. Family. Oh, I think right. it. I think that was great. Um, yeah, so I, kind of, I, I like the de- death more now, way more now. Yeah, I think. I mean, you know, and even even talking about Age of Ultron, like some of these movies again, like we're going to go back and watch, and they're going to have more meaning. And I think oh, I've yeah, always yeah. said that Ultron is one that that like will age, will age really, really well. And yeah. man, what an important bridge movie that one turns out it was, right? Like so yeah. many important things happened in that movie too move everything forward i think it was it's a, it's when you think about it and it, it's it was tough to watch at parts um when it when it happened in 2015 but it's really moved it moved things forward in a big way it did a great right. job um oh. i have to say this before i forget my absolute like the first time i cried in the movie um that the so early on but when scott runs home and pounds on the door Oh, and, yeah. And Cassie comes to the door and he has no ability to, to he, I don't think he even knows at that, that moment that any time has passed and she recognizes him and their reunion. That, yeah. that got me there. That, that started the I tears mean, flowing I, I right there. For you, especially for you, man. Yeah. Like for me with my having two daughters and, and, and that's one of the reasons I've loved the Ant-Man movies so much is because they've put that Scott and Cassie relationship. Yeah, the father-daughter the right? relationship. Like, yeah. God, I love all those scenes. I, I mean, I like every other person on the face of the earth. I love Paul Rudd, right? And Paul Rudd's face is just like a national treasure. All the the different emotions that he pushes through with his with his facial expressions and his, the guys, I love him, right? And so I love watching him uh, in those scenes with with Abby Fortson um, as young Cassie. Their their bond is so cool. And then this, I mean, there was very little going on there. Like I think Emma Furman spoke. A couple of words and, and yeah, she says, she says dad. A couple of words, yeah, but she, she, man, she, she, it just it killed dad. me. I mean, you, you know, know, you know what's also surprising, like how how good of a, 
how good of a performance Paul Rudd gives here. Like it's it's sho- it's almost shocking, like how good you know he is right. in this movie. Did you did you have people? I had people as we were walking out of the theater. Um, man, I can't believe they gave Ant Man so much screen time. I can't believe they gave so much time to such a such a small character, such a minor character. And I can I only that assume that I can only assume that those are people who maybe didn't watch the other two movies, or maybe didn't watch like cor- carefully. Or understand that they were going to that the quantum realm was going to be such a big deal but yeah he was i mean he was great he, and he was given he wasn't given a ton to do but he did a lot with what he did well, yeah, i mean i had that thought because you know um i wasn't expecting him to be such a major catalyst for for you know how they solve it i mean i mean we've always known that you know the quantum realm is going to be a part of it and whatnot but it's so weird to see Ant-Man as essentially the guy that convinces the Avengers how to save the world. Yeah, that his, that his crazy idea of time travel is the one that actually actually works out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like he has a scene with Tony Stark and his farm like five years after. When he's like explaining, you know, what they need to do. And it's, it's performed so well. It's so earnest, and he tries to convince Downey, like, hey, you have a kid now, you have a good thing going, but I lost everything. And, Mm -hmm. man, like, Rod just sells that scene so well. No, there was, there's no shortage of things that that he did well. I I mean, he was, from, from beginning to end, he did a, he did a great job. And we're talking about performances in, with with not a lot of lines brolin in this one as thanos was killer he was so good with with not you know he he had far fewer lines than he did oh way fewer lines but man he sold everything he was he was very good like he doesn't even come in like until like after like two hours in yeah it's it's like half it's Halfway through the second act, I would say, is about when, when we oh, finally yeah, when he, see him. When he shows up in Sanctuary. And, man, and I thought, like, you know, I, I'm going on the, the, a, a slight tangent here, but last year when I was at the premiere, I met right. Jim Starlin, which was super cool. And I got to talk to him at the after party for, like, 10 minutes, which was just me and him and his wife, right? Like, this is the coolest thing. And I, one of the many things that I asked him was, what did you think about the way that, uh, that Marcus McFeely and the Russos presented Thanos? Because what a, like, I mean, it's a, it's a what big a hard difference. To try to, oh, it, it's not the same, right? It's not the, it's not, it's not a, the same, same as what he was, but he loved it. He loved what they did with it. Right. And How he could was, you not? Man, he said, mm. well, he, he told me, he's like, this is, this is a, you know, one of his favorite characters that he created. And he said, I loved, I loved what they did with him. I loved how they, they captured some of the essentials of him without being a, a direct translation from, from the pages, right? Like, and, and I think that that's what they did. I think they did a great job. Right. And I like the moment where he comes in, where like Nebula and Gamora are fighting. Like he shows up. The first thing on his lips is like, 
he's talking about Ronan. Like something about how I think like like people can correct me on this, but he says something like like Ro- Ronan can't be trusted. Like he's too much of a fuck up, something like that. And I love <laughs> yeah. I-, I love that super subtle callback to like you know with Guardians, he's, you-, you know what Ronan does, you know he tries to double cross Thanos. And it's hard to imagine that this Thanos in Endgame is the is the Thanos like Ronan said fuck you to in Guardians. It, I get you get the idea that Thanos pretty much knew all along that that how things were gonna go with Ronan, right? Like that it wasn't gonna be Oh yeah, he knew he, he knew like he was ready to fuck him up. No, I I love that scene by the way of Gamora and Nebula training. That oh, yeah, gives that a little good. more context, right? Like a little more context to this idea of how harsh Thanos had always been with them. Like they're literally training around what was that like as like some sort of energy well that would disintegrate them if they fell into it. Like he's like, Yeah, go oh, ahead. Crazy dude, yeah. That's <laughs> the training. If you fall into it, you're fucked. Yeah, that's what they do on a daily basis. Oh my god. Like, uh, didn't they show like uh, a segment of them training in one of the prelude comics? I think there is, like from one of the from one of the Guardians comics, I think. Like they show Gamora and Nebula fighting. And I'm just fighting curious. Each if- other. Yeah, yeah, like a training, like a training session, and I'm just curious if anyone out there like knows, has seen it. I'm wondering if it's a little accurate to what Endgame did, or if Endgame took a bit of that and put it into, into their film. So, like, yeah, if any of you guys know, let us know. Yeah, absolutely. We're gonna when we put this out on Twitter, we'll definitely be open for for comments, and and we'd love to hear back from you guys. Um. Yeah, I, I don't know. Nothing comes to mind for me um, for that at all. And I think a lot of, I think the Russos um, are really good about finding key images or key moments from the comics and and recreating them, not not shot for shot, like uh, exactly, but by hinting and, and making it maybe a little bit more subtle, you know what I mean? And I think that... Um, upon further watches, I think we'll find a lot of those things if we... Right, yeah, yeah. Up. So, yeah, I don't know. I guess, like, do you have other other things, like, that are must-talk-abouts must, must talk about for... Yeah, we, we, we definitely need to talk about that opening scene in the garden. Oh, yeah. Where they fucking... So, where, they, where they fucking kill the OG Thanos. Like what are what are your what are your thoughts on them disposing the Thanos that ruined the entire universe like in a, in a matter of two minutes? So so it's funny uh, as we're going. I, I kind of talked to you about this a little bit this morning, but as we're going to the movie for the second screening with my kids, I asked my youngest daughter <clears throat> what she thinks is going to happen, and she's like, "Well, they're going to kill Thanos and they're going to get the stones and um, and." Change everything's everything gonna be okay. Yeah. Everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. No, there's nothing's gonna go wrong. Everything's gonna be happy and good. And so the further conversation we had with that was, you know, um, is is killing Thanos really is it any sort of victory at all? Right? Oh. Like if, if that all that happens, like yeah. is there any victory? Like and and I think that the film answers that, you know, immediately. Like, no, there's zero victory. Nothing. There's nothing to it. Like, and in, in it, without the stones, without being able to undo, you know, 
I mean, they they beat the shit out of them, right? Like they come in, they sh- they pin them down, they show them who's boss. Thor comes in and gets nasty, and yeah, they, they chop his hand chop, off, chop his arm off, and ends up beheading him. But it's just absolutely meaningless, and and I think that's the and I we talked you and I talked about this this morning. I'll let you kind of rehash that if you want. Like, um, that's another loss for the Avengers in in my book, and we and we oh, kind of yeah. talked about how what we where we thought. We, we talked this morning about where we thought that might have actually taken place uh, in in a different part of the film at, entirely. So I don't know if you want to talk about that. Yeah, there later. But yeah, I wanted, I wanted, I wanted to like reiterate how unsatisfying that was. I love how unsatisfying that was. Like you could yeah. see it on Hemsworth's face after, you know, like when, when Rocket finds out the stones aren't there. And like, Thor makes this face like he's about to cry. Like he's about to lose it. Yep. Because he, here's the guy that, you know, that kind of like gave the biggest fuck you to the universe. And he got away with it. And he's, he's in front of them. He's, Thanos is so helpless that it's almost too easy for them to get rid of him. And when they do, it's like, who gives a fuck? It is entirely unsatisfying. Like I also remember people freaking out over the shot of Thor. Yeah, walking through like a out like through an opening out into Yeah, what yeah, yeah, yeah. Everyone thought it was like a ship. Yeah, they just CG'd it a little differently, I think. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, yeah, I I love the opening scene. It's it's very subversive. Even though initially a part of me felt like that they should have fought the original Thanos until the end. Yeah, but um, knowing you know the, the Russo's thing for you know throwing audiences off, setting the stage of what the film was gonna be, them killing Thanos in the first three minutes makes so much sense now. Yeah, no, it it's it's uh, when we talked about this before too. Like when you're trying to piece, and we do this, and I, I don't, not everybody does this to the extent that you and I do this, but we yeah, try to yeah. piece stuff together oh, yeah, all the time. It's a sport for us. And this is like our, the bulk of our conversation. Um, but like we talked about this, like really before, as we were trying to piece together, we said this is not going to be as overly complicated as some of these theories are making. Cause yeah, I remember Russo's, telling you that. I remember telling you are, that. You're like, they're always so straightforward. And so it's always that, so simple. Yeah. And it really clarified my thinking. And it wasn't maybe a few days later I came back and I said, dude, here's what it is. Um, act one, they're going to go fight Thanos. I kind of thought, I said they'll lose. They, it, it, it didn't end the way with the loss that I thought they would take, but they still took the L. Like yeah. it was an unsatisfying win, right? And then I said, act two, they're going to go get all the stones. Act three is going to be a huge fight at Avengers headquarters. And man, when you, when you brought that to my attention, it totally... It totally reshuffled my thinking. I feel like I feel like the actual Big Lebowski, where he's like, "New shit has come to light, man." And it, <laughs> yeah, 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 that's yeah. My thinking, man. But that's totally what you did when you said that to me. It totally reshuffled my deck in my brain and gave me another way to think about it because it's so true. Yeah, I remember trying. I remember us trying to piece like, um, but when you brought up that they they go to Thanos in the first act and they probably lose. Like, the first thing that came to my head was, like, what's he going to do? Is he going to punch them? Is he going to send yeah. them back to Earth? Like, like, how is he going to beat them? 
and he you know he beats them in the most passive way possible he just yeah just he beats him by doing nothing he's in a fucking t-shirt <laughs> right he's like in yeah. a, he's like in a tank top like like even how helpless does a guy, does a guy have to be you know He's fried. He's nearly dead. He's limping up the stairs. Yeah, can't even walk. Like it, it takes then, him like it, it probably took him like thirty minutes to get that piece of fruit, <laughs> right? For, for whatever stew he was making. Yeah, yeah, I was making a stew, right? Gee, I wonder how I wonder how that tastes like. I'm sure it, it's got to be. It, it was a pointy fruit, right? I don't know what it would be, but I'm sure it's, it it's had to be like, delicious. It's kind of like um, we have those things here. Like a dragon fruit or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it's very juicy. <laughs> it's it's very... what you're... I you imagine... don't realize you're seeing Thanos prepare his last meal, right? Like, that's what you're getting. Oh, my God, you're right. He's, he's about to be executed, and his, his last meal is some, some shitty spiky fruit that he picked up off the ground and made into a, a bland stew. That's the last thing he eats. Do you think he was like, was he ready to die? Probably oh, was, right? Yeah, I think he was. I think he probably, by the way he described that he used the stones to destroy the stones, I think yeah, he was willing word, to die at that point. Yeah, he says the work is finished. Like, uh, yep. I'm done. I'm out. Yep, I think he would have, if he would have died in the destruction of the stones, I think he was willing. I think that was something he was willing to do. Right. And that was a very Thanos. That whole scene is very much. Starlin-esque Thanos to me, like oh, the, the, the whole thing of him, like um, like uh, to avoid temptation, like he says something like that, right? Yep, yep. That is that is exactly the kind of shit that Starlin wrote. I love that. It's so fascinating about Thanos, you know, like at least the OG Thanos. The the OG Thanos is you know, there's a selflessness to the way he acts. He has the most powerful gauntlet in the world, in the universe, even mm-hmm. like, but he doesn't want to use it. For anything else, yeah, like he 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 prizes the relic so much that it can't be used for super selfish stuff. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. No, I mean it's like the to I don't remember which one of the more recent Starlin novels that he wrote where, but they they basically tell you like Thanos and Adam Warlock exist outside of the reality that all the rest of us live in. Right, they're just these, they're these greater existential beings, and so death has no hold over them. And that that thought to me came up in the first part of that, like when Thanos said he's when he made that first comment when he said he's inevitable, like that right. was, and you know that's it, like he's he's beyond all the things that the rest of us are or the rest of the heroes are. And he, even at the end there, he's convinced, like he told them, they should be grateful for what he did. He, in his mind, did the greatest good the entire universe has ever seen. And he never doubted that at all, right? Like he's, he was above and beyond what anybody else could do. And he was, he was sold into that was, or bought into that, that that was the right thing to do, 100%. Do you think that, um, uh, the the two th- the twenty fourteen Thanos. Do you think he was like um like he wasn't on the level of as he wasn't he wasn't on the level of 
the OG Thanos, right? Because he's he's younger. Infinity War. Yeah, he's not the same. It's not the same yet. Like he's younger. He's he's less introspective. Yeah. Like more more like a a little bit more of a blunt force than than maybe what he becomes. You know, four years right, later. Yeah. I wonder what's the I, thing. I, I wonder what's the catalyst for him, like, for changing his outlook. Because 2014 and 2018, I mean, I wonder what happened yeah. in those four years. What could you, and, and, you know, the events, obviously, like, the events of of Guardians of the Galaxy play into that. The events of, I would imagine, of Age of Ultron and then play into that. And even Thor Ragnarok play into that but you know if we think all the way back to 2012 we know he had some plan to collect the stones in 2014 he still is working on that plan right like he's lost the one or two that he had but yeah i i totally agree he's not the same guy and it would be it would be interesting to find out what 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 made him evolve even further yeah that's a good point yeah well because like you know I imagine that you're working so hard for something and with each step, you get further and further away. That's probably going to drive you mad. Yeah, oh, yeah. No? And that, I mean, you're essentially talking about we don't know how long Thanos has been alive and how long that's been his goal, but right, we know yeah. that yeah. For, for Gamora and Nebula, it's been the entirety of their lifetime yeah. that he's been doing that same thing. So you can, you know, it's their dad's dream. but it's, it's been a while, right? Like he's been after this for, for quite a while. It's his pipe dream, essentially. It's a, and so it, you know, and I guess too, in 2014, when he, when the other nebulas memories are accessed and he sees, Hey, I get to achieve my goal, but then he sees the, the, the next 30 seconds beyond that, right? Like where he dies. Like, oh, yeah. I love how he pauses it. He pauses it right yeah. before he gets decapitated. Yep. And he's so he's so excited, right? Like and Ebony Ma's like, this is you've done it, your destiny is you know, you did it. And then he's he gets his head cut off. This is destiny again. fulfilled. He was like, Oh fuck. Yeah. I it's what would shitty. that be? It would I mean it would it would obviously and I, I do like like he was willing to take his time and, and formulate a plan, right? And instead of just rushing in and trying to kill everybody. But obviously that, that was his, his, out, his eventual end, end of his plan was, I'm going to go to Earth and I am going to destroy the entire planet. And I also, I really liked uh, the, where he said he, was, he decided like he was going to shred the universe down to its last atom. Yeah, I then, love that line. I love that line so much. Oh, I loved it. And, and that again, a very... A very Starlin-esque Thanos thing to say and do. Like that is exactly wow. that's that's right out of the books, man. I love I love what they captured of him in this movie. Like the more we talk about you know 2014 Thanos, like the more I appreciate his villainy. Like, can you imagine you spend a hundred years of your life doing this one thing, and you see a future version of yourself succeed in doing it, but it, it's also very meaningless in a way. Yeah. Well, now that that even brings up something like. It, it becomes, you know, like we just talked about how, how 2019 Thanos was ha- was died satisfied, right? Yeah. 2014 Thanos sees the eventual outcome is his death. Like, it's a, it's a different thing. Like, he's not, at that point, I don't think, he's not satisfied 
to just oh my have this. Oh my god, there's so much layers to this. Fuck. Like he's he's not satisfied with that same outcome. Right. Like changed the whole thing. He's like, what the so, fuck? Yo, and see, this is more deeper and deeper as we go here. So now I totally, I totally get his, I totally get his rage. You know, like like he says th- th- that thing in the end towards Cap. Like in all these years of conquest, it was never personal. Mm-hmm. But now seeing you like motherfuckers, <laughs> you're also annoying. Because of you, I have to rechange my plan. Gotta I'm, throw gonna, I'm going to destroy every bit of you, and I'm gonna enjoy it. Yep. They and basically, I love, I love they basically ruined his dream. Oh, absolutely. I love when he says to him, "Like you collected the stones for me." I love that line. Yeah. I'm gonna take these stones that you collected for me and ruin you with them. That was great. Oh my god! I also find it funny that like. 2014 is very 2014 Thanos because he just sits and lets up, lets Nebula get the stones. Yeah, he's just he's just gonna sit with his helmet off and hang out and wait for people to come get him. That's so young Thanos. That's exactly that good. what that young that what that young Thanos was up to for the past. Do you think few years. it's it's pre? I'll do it myself, Thanos. Like oh, we yeah, don't know it, when. Uh, when that scene, that post-credit scene when he gets the gauntlet, we have no idea when that's supposed to take place. But I, mean, I think the Thanos not, of 2014 is is that guy. I mean, I'm assuming it's right after uh, Vision gets the gem on its on his head. Okay. Like, so yeah, I guess maybe it's like 2015, like a year later. Yeah. He gets, he gets sick of it. But I just find so it so funny. Like guy. until the end, he's a lazy bum. <laughs> Gonna let everybody else do it for him. Like he he's literally in the same vicinity as the as the gauntlet, and he just sits and tells Nebula to get it like it's a beer, kind of beer. Give me a can of beer. <laughs> Give me another beer. Yeah, That's it, why you have children. Like Go that. get me another beer. You're you're totally right. Yeah, I mean, but yeah, I mean, this conversation has is making me appreciate this 2014 times more and more. No, I, I'm, I love that. See, this is, this is what, when we, when we tell the people who are listening to this, all three or four of them that are going to listen to it, (laughs) what we're doing here, like this is, this is just what you and I have done pretty much every day for four years, right? Like, yeah, it's been, I mean, it's, I looked back, it's about 2015 when I started working at MCU exchange. And I mean, for the, for the most part, you and I have spoken every day. Every day, every single day. Communicated every day for four years. And this is and this is like our friendship is great to me because we have this is what we do, right? Like we we do this, we add so much clarity and so much depth and like these conversations that we have about this stuff, I don't have them to this level with anybody else, right? Right, So like I we're we're uncovering more and more. Repeating layers, we're uncovering more and more as we talk. Oh yeah, peeling layers, peeling more layers and stuff. I love it. Yeah, and so you know, people are we we make that aware to people. Like, I hope that like as as we're sitting here and like finding, we're like we're learning more stuff about the movie as we talk. I hope that that's happening to the people that are listening to this as well. That they're enjoying that that conversation. I hope that people are like, oh my gosh, I I never thought of that either. 
Right. That's one of the best parts about this is, is having that that ability to have someone to talk to about it that that is you know thoughtful and insightful that can help change your thinking and steer it a different direction. I love it. Yeah. So I don't know. Do you want to do you want to switch gears now, or you got more we want we should talk about? Oh my god, there's so much to talk about about the movie. Like right now, I want to talk about the way he fights. The way he fights with that fucking sword. <laughs> Oh my oh. god, he, he, he fights like, um, who's that fucking Ninja Turtle, uh, Donatello. He Donatello. Spins it around. <laughs> he spins it around. Like, I've seen people make references uh, to the, um, the Thanos copter. Like when, yeah. he, when, he, when he spins, you know, he spins the blades like a propeller. Like, people are pointing that, oh, that's like the, ta- the Thanos copter. I love that moment. I thought he was going, I thought that he had had lessons. Um, the same lessons that Aquaman got, and he was using the spinny move to right, yeah. reflect everything like Aquaman did. That's what I. That's where I went with it. Not he's really. Al- that. He's, al- he's also like surprisingly agile. Yeah, for a huge, huge dude. I, I like the size of him is always so hard to judge. But like in the one scene where he grabs Nebula by her face, and his hand is bigger than her face, right? Like he could just crush her yeah. face with his hand. It's huge and so agile. And it's, and it's very interesting because we see, like, Infinity War and Endgame, we see Thanos fight differently because, you know, obviously in, 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 in both films, he has different weapons at his disposal. Mm-hmm. But in Endgame, even without the gauntlet, he pretty much ruins everything in his path. Yeah, he can, he's a, a one-man army. And I, like... He destroys. Obviously, Thor is a little bit out of shape, but it's still Thor, and he just flings him. And <laughs> Thor with two hammers, two weapons. Right, right. Iron Man in his strongest armor, an armor that was probably designed to fight Thanos. Right, knowing what the shortcomings were from the last time he faced yeah. him. Knowing Tony, that's but that's what he would likely do. And that he he just destroys the three of them. And so how about this? The only person that could come out on that battlefield and fuck with Thanos was Scarlet Witch. Oh, my God. That's another scene we need to talk about. Oh no, and she, she, oh was, God, she, was, she was over the edge, right? She's totally gone. She was pissed. It had, like, shades of, like, House of M Scarlet Witch where she's like, I'm oh, gonna, I'm, 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 I don't give a fuck what I'm going to do. She was going to tear him apart one piece at a time. Thanos gets destroyed so much by Scarlet Witch. That his only yeah. way out was to fucking fire with his with sanctuary too. It destroys entire army. Like he like he ha- he had no way out but to kill everyone there, even his army. Yeah. Yep. That's how that's how strong Scarlet Witch is. She even okay. rips his blade in half. Did you notice that? Yep. She Ruined rips it in half. She fought him better than everybody, including Captain Marvel. I love how he used that power stone, though. It might be one of my. It's, it, it's probably my favorite use, of a stone yet. I mean, probably not my favorite, but it's definitely definitely up there. How he oh, just grabs the stone, plucks it out, and palms it so he can launch her across the battlefield. Just for, for just for that one single punch. <laughs> yep. And I love how like I don't know if you know if if you notice this after he plucks it out after he punches Carol in the face. When he returns the, 
the power stone to the gauntlet. His left arm is burned. Oh, is it really? No, I didn't notice that. It's burnt with uh, with that the purple the purple flame or whatever. Wow! So even he, he can't handle them. He can't handle it. He knows that he knows that if he grabs the power stone, his hand's gonna get burnt. So he's got one punch worth of it in him, and then he knows he's got to get right. back in there. Yeah, that's that's, so that's cool. good. That's a that's good point. That's so cool. That's so cool. Like I'm thinking about um, what other like cool fightings did Thanos have? Did he fight other anyone else in particular? Uh, on the on the battlefield. Other other than the Cap scene, right, where Cap Cap owned him for about fifteen seconds. Probably fifteen That's seconds. Good. That's pretty good. It's pretty good for a scrawny kid from Brooklyn. Yeah, that was that was an that was exciting. Like he and and man, they maximized that fifteen seconds with the hammer, with the lightning, with oh God, him okay. throwing the hammer yeah. and the shield. We, we have to talk about that. Cap getting Mjolnir. No, I mean, it's it's. It's, you know, it's every fan, comic fan's dream, and it was sort of, you know, joked about in Ultron. And, and Thor's reaction to it, right? Like, I knew, he laughed. He's like, I knew it. That was, that was a great reaction. Love that. Yeah. He just laughs at it. <laughs> but what um, I love about this... Scene, smile. I'm not even watching it right now, and it still makes me smile just yeah, thinking yeah. about it. Like, right now, I'm thinking about it. Like, what I love about it is... is how Cap gets, you know, he gets a feel for it pretty fast. Yeah, real fast. Like, like, like maybe he's just seen Thor do it a lot. I don't know. And I, I think it goes, it's, it's more about, um, it's less of him watching Thor and more about him as an all-around tactician and fighter. Sure. Right? Like, like I doubt that it's Cap channeling the lightning. Like, because in Ragnarok, they, Odin explicitly says that the hammer has no lightning. It's all Thor. Right. So, like, like in my head, like, as Cap's doing all, all these moves, Thor's, like, channeling all that lightning for him. Yeah, he's giving it to him. He's, yeah, he's like, 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 yeah, giving him a boost. Yeah, no, I love head, it. At least in my head, that, that's what's happening. But I love... I love how he like he does he does this move where like he he throws his shield and throws the hammer. Yep. Just just so he could get that like that that sonic explosion thing. And and that thing like stuns Thanos for a second. Like it throws and Thanos it, off. And it's, it's a cool. callback to the to the twenty to Avengers, right? Like when. That happened in the forest when Thor oh, yeah. put the and, hammer and, out. And, um, and, and Ultron. Yep. And the, with, with the Hydra soldiers. So I, I, yeah. I love how Cap has, uh, has all, all these moves in the back of his head. Rapid fire, too. Like, just one after another. Oh, yeah. It's, it's a testament to how great of a fighter and tactician he is. And how, well, and how well-rounded is he, he is as a fighter. Uh, the, like if you could freeze frame the scene of him going, he's got Mjolnir in his hand and he's jumping and he's got his knee up in the air and he's got the shield in the other hand. Like oh that's got to be a pose they make, like one of those nice statue, collectible statues out oh, of yeah, something. Like, that like, yeah. is beautiful. The super fancy figurines. 
Yep, got it. That's got to be one of them because that is just absolutely amazing. Amazing, dude. We still have so much to talk about. And what do you want to do? You wanna you wanna talk more end game, or you wanna talk about like the the insider stuff we had? All right. So we covered a lot of our thoughts about end game. We definitely haven't gotten them all. We could probably sit here and talk for another two hours. Um, but we thought we'd we'd switch gears here um, and and cover something that we thought you guys might be interested in. Um, which was how much of this stuff that happened in, in, in Infinity War and in Endgame that we knew about, that, that we wrote scoops about, that we let out. And we thought we'd, we'd go and cut, kind of like backtrack here to f- tell you guys a little bit about how this, how this whole thing plays out. Like, when did we find out? How did we find out? What parts of it did we share? What parts of it did we keep to ourselves and why? And just give like a little insider um a little look at what that's like and and how i mean some of these decisions were really were really tough on us as we as charles and i talked about things um over the years so i guess i'll i'll give the the really quick background on on some of it and then we'll kind of bounce through some of these things that we knew so somewhere in like early may of 2017 um i had a a long phone conversation with a source (laughs) And, and that source produced essentially six written pages worth of notes. Um, some of you guys that are, are on that follow me on Twitter have seen, like I've taken little, little pictures of the notes um, and, and teased them. There are so, and I know that I know that Reddit and Twitter as well have accused me of making up the notes as I've gone yeah. along, but there are, of, there are plenty of people who have very evidence of them. <laughs> they are very real. I have, I still have the Slack files. Dating to so, you. yeah, they're definitely they've definitely always been real. Um, I took pictures of the handwritten notes and sent them out to a group of people that I worked with at MCU Exchange, um, and and some other people have seen them as well. So, so that was that was the genesis of I don't know how many different stories, um, but man, it was a lot. So, Charles, I know you've probably got like a written list over there or some part of a list of of what we kind of want to talk about and when. So where do we want to start with that stuff? Let's start with the, the um, Infinity War stuff. Ronin and Nomad. And, so, uh, so uh, yeah, without the notes sitting in front of me, the stuff I remember we got from Infinity War, um, the very first thing we were told in, in the, that is in those notes is that Loki was going to die um, early Phoenix. on and that, and that Thanos was going to do it to prove how big of a badass Thanos was. And yep. Charles and I anguished over whether or not we wanted to share any of that information with fans. We decided not to because it was like we didn't want to get in the bad graces of fans spoiling something that huge in the story. Yeah, we we definitely felt that was way too too big of a thing to to move forward with. So we we sat on that one. That was tough because we knew. Um, so this is at the time we're at MCU Exchange. We're trying to build that site and make a name for ourselves as a reliable place that also gives interesting news and interesting takes on stuff. And we knew that if we ran that story, that that would put us over the top, man. But we were like, we can't do it. It's not, it's not, it's not worth, worth it, it to worth to it. ruin it for everybody. So we we sat on that one. Um, we the 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 one of the first ones I remember running was that the Black Order were going to be children of Thanos. Oh, yeah, that, that was the first one. That was the first Infinity War scoop we, we had. 
And I think it wasn't even like a week later that Comic Con happened, and that was that it was, was uh, it was uh, it was D twenty three. Oh, D twenty three. Okay. Right, right. Okay. Yep. So that that's one, the, that one, that's got where it. they unveiled the the big statue of the Black Order. Ah, yeah, where they had that, that, those, and then we moved on from there to uh, the idea that that Cap was gonna um, adopt the Nomad persona in uh, in Infinity War, um, which was then quickly i think between sebastian stan and, and chris evans and everybody messing around on social media that was confirmed pretty quickly after that yeah um and then i think we had we had two pieces of information um one of which we sat on one of which we shared that um came at different times so this is this is a good time for us to talk about this charles and i had a conversation this morning um I think we both kind of remember the Russos saying there was an original ending to Infinity War, but then they decided to end it with snap, right? Yes, it's this cool. We kind of, we kind of think we remember that. Um, so then when this morning we said, well, maybe the original ending to Infinity War was that first, whatever, five or ten minutes of Endgame. The prologue, and the prologue maybe, of Endgame. Yeah, the prologue. So maybe, maybe Infinity War at one point in some cut ended with Thanos getting his head chopped off. And that literally being like a second failure for the Avengers back to back, right? Like, man, we failed. Everybody died. Let's go get our revenge. Shit, we failed again. And so like that really crushing final moment, right? So, um, so Charles, I need to talk about what ha- you want to talk about what happened in that moment and how what we had that from a different source, but we ended up sitting on it. Like basically, um, apart from this huge ass tip, this other source gave us, uh, we got a tip from someone else that this is probably like um probably like October of of 2017. Yeah, it was during filming, or maybe even like the months leading up to Infinity War. So maybe like January, along those those months, uh, we get a sort we get a tip that Thanos loses an arm in the at the end of the film. Yep. And I remember being so weirded out and excited by it. Just the idea that, you know, the guy who has the gauntlet gets his arm cut off. And I was so excited is- about it. I had to tell some of my friends here. I was like, hey, don't tell anyone this. But <laughs> Thanos, arms, Thanos' arms gets cut off in Infinity War. But don't tell anyone this. So, like, I tell all my friends and... Infinity War happens. No one's arm gets chopped off except um, Black Dwarf's Club Sidian's arm. <laughs> so I'm, I, here I am feeling like an asshole, feeling like a total moron that I got. I, I told friends about a fake tip. And then I see Endgame. The first thing that happens to Thanos, his arm gets chopped off. <laughs> so, you know. That maybe that made me think, you know, what if the tip was was sort of correct in that Thanos' arm gets chopped off. Only it happens in a different film. Right. So there, yeah. And and we we talked about it this morning. I had I had forgotten that we had that tip. Oh yeah. Up and then that's that's what got us thinking about maybe the original ending of Infinity War was that prologue to Endgame. 
Right. Yeah. So, and, and also, I guess, while we're on that subject, the prologue to Endgame shows uh, what happens to Hawkeye's family. And that was another big one we ran um, yes. at MCU Exchange, was that Hawkeye was going to be Ronan. And I know, again, like, people are very funny on the internet. It's very hard for people to believe that other people might know something that they don't. So we, we ran the Ronan one and people um, have a hard time with time and places. And they're like, well, yeah, well, there were set pictures of him. No, there weren't. None of that had happened prior to when we ran that story. And more than us just saying he was going to be Ronan, I very, when I wrote that story, I very specifically said, and I, but I, I was clear to keep out too much detail that some, that Thanos was going to do something, um, bad to Barton's family that was going to send him on a dark road. Like it was, there was, that's a paraphrase of what I said. The, I mean, the piece is still out there. You can read it. Um, but man, I didn't want to spoil it that how that was going to go. But so I think that that idea of that horrible thing happening to Barton, um, and then him, him transforming into that, I mean, the monster that he became as Ronan, um, was, was a huge one for us. And just, kind of tiptoeing around it and charles and i talked about this this morning like i mean i was i was flat out told thanos kills barton's family so in my head i'm like what like does thanos like teleport down to the barton farm and he fucks him up with a sword like what does he do like right, this, right, is, right. this is before infinity whatever happened i didn't know or have any context for it like i didn't know it was going to be part of the snap that killed half the universe like i had no idea like, so in like my head i, I, mean, I thought they were going to pull uh ultimates too like i told you earlier like yeah like I told you, someone was gonna put an ultimate stone, like murder his family. Like Thanos sends an and agent. I just couldn't. I could never come to grips with like, why is Thanos messing with Clint Barton's family? Like, why? I, I never yes. could get it. But, it, but again, without the context of what was going on, it's hard. So, um, it never, it never works out. Well, that's not true. I was about to say it never works out that I get like a full script, but I, that's not true either. But like, a lot of times things come in snippets, and and so you have to try to piece them together with other things and sometimes they fit and sometimes they don't so yeah. um uh so so yeah so we were through ronan we're through thanos losing an arm um i think the next thing and another thing that i i totally sat on but had knowledge of since like 2017 was fat thor um like the fact that that fat thor was that coming, I, didn't know. I didn't know that you know he was gonna he was gonna get fat I don't think I, I that and I had moved on from MCU Exchange and I don't know that I shared that one with you, but I I knew about that. Um, I actually found out about that and the Emma Furman thing on the same day, right? So this is a different source, not from big, not from the big six-page notes thing, but I actually found out about the about the Fat Thor and the Emma Furman thing on the same day. So the Emma Furman thing was great, um, absolutely great for me. So the because what that did when I wrote that Emma Furman piece, not only did I did I, you know, scoop, hey, there's a new actor playing Cassie, but I generated what was probably the first time anyone thought about this, that there must be some time jump in Avengers in order for there to have to be right, right. older Cassie. Cassie. So right. man, when I think back of all the all the stuff that I've been fortunate enough to stumble into, the Emma Furman thing has to be right up at the top because that that got my mind going down the line of like, well, why do they need an older Cassie? Holy shit! Part of this movie is going to take place in the future, right. um, and so that was that was a huge one. And not to interject, but I remember you telling me about uh, I'm not sure from which source is this, but 
I remember you mentioning San Francisco being in ruins. You remember that? Yep. Yep. And that they were going to be at, at some sort of memorial was so like, I knew that I knew that one of the scenes was going to be at a memorial. Um, and I had no idea what that meant. None at all. At the time I found out because we hadn't, we hadn't seen infinity war yet. We had no idea what was going on. We had no context at all. But yeah, I mean, now post a post snap world. Yep. Now it's also clear. Oh yeah. The, it's the worst to like, it makes me feel so stupid every time I watch a movie and then I think about the information that I had and like how I could fit all together. Right. Like I was like, how, how did I not know that that was what that meant? You know, I always feel so dumb. I think we might like, as well, we, we should transition into the big in-game notes we had that we had no so, idea what meant. Yeah. So man, we had, um, essentially all the all the key points all the big slaps in the face all the big heartaches all the big cool things in endgame um we had in the in the big in the big uh section of notes from 2017 from may 2017 so and these are things like i now that now that this has all happened like i'll probably take pictures of the notes and post them online and people can believe in them or people cannot but um so let's see what did what did we have there we had um the best i can remember the wording black widow will die she'll sacrifice herself save clint. To, save, to save clint yep yes what else what was the next one we had um uh steve rogers remaining in the past yep we had that that um peggy was going to be back and that steve was going to stay in the past with her was it um was the wording like stay in the past or like he gets left behind I think it was a, what I remember is it was a choice of his to stay in the past that he was going to he was going to make that choice. I remember I remember part of the context um, being that the Russos were really big on making the characters make some choices here that they all were going to have to give something up. Right. So so Nat was going to have to give something up that Iron Man was going to have to give something up. We had no idea what he was giving up. We didn't know at the time that he was going to have a kid and that Cap was going to have to give something up. So. And kept giving up, like obviously whatever future he had in the main timeline to go back. Yes, to go back. There. They were all going to be choices, right? So we we knew Iron Man was going to die. We knew Black Widow was going to die. Um, we knew that Iron Man's death was going to be a sacrifice to save the entire universe. That was in the notes. Um, we knew what about what about what um, Cap does with the shield, Charles? We knew that as well. What do you mean? Uh, I don't end, remember that. At the end. That's in. It's in the. It's in, oh uh, shit! Oh yeah. Fuck. Uh, uh, he gives it to Sam. We knew oh, that God. Sam was going to be the new Captain oh, America. Fuck, I remember that. that. Yep. All that. All that stuff he was in there. Shield. You guys gotta understand this. When you get information like this, two years ahead of the road, it's hard to parse it. It's hard to like put it out publicly without any, you know, without any concrete information. And. And like for us to sit there and, you know, at, when we saw, so I think part of what happened here is as like, as parts of those notes, the little things that we did scoop, the Loki uh, or the, the black order thing, the nomad thing, the Ronin thing, as those things started to become more and more apparent that they were accurate, we're like, oh shit, we have a gold mine of information here. And then when we realized the depth of what some of it was, we're like, there's no way we can share any of this stuff. Like we, this would, this would right. ruin the movie. This would right. like 
this would absolutely ruin the experience for public. So we sat on, man, I feel like we sat on everything we knew about Endgame um, for the most part. I can't think of anything out of that big chunk of Endgame stuff. Like, we didn't know Ronan was in Endgame. We thought that was going to be an Infinity War. Yeah, I, so, we thought it was Infinity War. And that was, and that's what I, that's what I remember from the Endgame stuff. Um, I know that that same conversation uh, was, was the first time that we found out about Captain Marvel and we knew that Captain Marvel was not going to take place in the present day. We knew it was going to take place in the past. Uh, right. We knew that there were going to be some homages to different character uniforms in there. We had no idea that it was going to be because she had a, um, a thing oh, on the her. Suit, yeah, the, yeah, the suit changes her win. And we knew uh, that was going to happen. And we uh, knew Marvel in the movie. Oh, yeah, yeah. We didn't know he was going to be Annette Benning though. Yeah. I mean, we also knew, like, when it became apparent to us that, you know, the scoops you had were real, we ran something on Ant-Man and the Wasp. Do you remember that? Yeah. Yeah, we did run an Ant-Man and the Wasp one. We, we, ran, we, we, we ran a story about um, the premise, how Hope and Scott, how Hope and Hank would be on the run. Yeah. They, they would have, like, a, a portable lab with them, and that Scott would be under house arrest for his actions in Civil War. Yep. And I distinctly remembering holding off on, because I remember you writing it all up. And when you wrote it up, the first thing that came to mind was like, oh man, this is too much. <laughs> yeah. This is too specific. Do you remember me taking out the part where Louise, or rather the matchbox part? Oh. Do you remember that? that? cars yep you, you yeah, so we took that out i had to take that out because it was too specific i also thought that if we took it out if it ends up being wrong we would be in the clear right but of course it ends up being correct and it just goes <laughs> to show how 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 accurate our information was that early it was just it was it's mind-blowing to think about how much of it we had the other do you remember when we wrote up the house arrest thing um, and it once it started to get circulated around that people were just mocking it like there's that's ridiculous I want to see I love I want to see the reddit link let me check if it's still here it the the thing that I liked about it so much was it makes sense to me like it minimizes it, so much sense. it minimizes ant-man it's like hey all, all these other people are a big deal you're a nobody they get put in print you get house arrest like right. you have to sit at home for two years. It was just a joke. It was like a bigger ongoing joke. Well, because I remember no. questioning that also when, when we got the information. And that's the exact thing you told me that Ant Man is so unimportant. They didn't have they, they didn't need him to go to federal prison. <laughs> he just goes and stays at home. And you know, you can see on the other end with Barton, like He's a shield agent with years of service and done all these great things. So you can see him getting a break. They weren't giving yeah. Scott a break. They were just being like, yeah, nobody knows who you are. You just go stay at home. Right. Loved it. And, and no, he, that gets, got... he gets the dumbest FBI agent to watch over him. <laughs> he right. gets Jimmy Woo. They're, they're, Jimmy... So speaking of Rudd again, the little conversation at the end of Ant-Man and the Wasp where he says, I'll see you, Scott. And then they say, like, where? I thought you were inviting me to dinner. That oh, yeah. I me in tears man every time i watch it that puts me in tears that's a very good moment but yeah i mean uh is that it is that 
is that all the the Scooby? No, there were so so two other things that were two other things that were in there. Well, there and so I guess this is this is a great point for us to almost wrap up and leave a little tease so people might want to listen again next time. Um, there are two more things that were in there. So that was the first time that we ever um, were told that there was going to be a Shang Chi movie, and that was also the first time we were told there was going to be a Black Widow right, movie. You're right, dude. I remember we the, told- the 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 Shang Chi movie was like um uh the Russos had their hands on it. And they wanted to, um, correct me if I'm wrong, but they wanted to collaborate with the Chinese production. Yep, there was, there was the fact that they were done um, doing directing, but they were interested in producing it. And they were going to work with, I don't know if they were talking about working with a studio or opening a studio or doing something. But the, the, the fact of the matter was that they were very interested in making it like Asian owned, I guess is how I want to say it, right? Like that this was going to be a project that, in the way that Black Panther was done um, with the majority of African and African-American people on the cast and crew, that this was going to be something that was, was like the China that I don't know if it was in China or that they were just going to work with Chinese and Chinese Americans, but that was the goal. And I think, I don't know that the Russos will be producing it, but I wouldn't be surprised if they, if they will. Um, you think about how much time they, that Marvel's and time and money Marvel's invested into putting press conferences in Asia and opening stuff over there. Yeah, and yeah. they're, such a big relationship now and that's such a huge part of their box office so yeah that was the first time we knew that shang chi was being developed um and it was also when i was told that the black widow movie had a green light and that it was going to be a prequel those were those two things were were 100 and then the whole r-rated thing i was told was a part of a conversation that was had and i that was one of those things i let out there and got turned into a completely people different thing it. people ran it. yeah i didn't run it because not with it Knowing the stuff you told me, I was like, I'm not running this shit. Yeah. Like, so if, if you could, the difference between the things being like, yes, there's a Black Widow movie happening. Yes, it's going to be a prequel. I can remember the conversation with the source being like, and people are going to be blown away because he said the, the Black Widow movie news about that is going to leak well before Endgame comes around. So when no one's going to expect that she'll die in Endgame because she's got her movie coming out. And then when she dies, people are going to be like, oh, but she's got a movie coming out. This was the whole conversation I had with the source, right? Like, but yeah, yeah, it was always going to be a prequel. Um, And they, you know, I was told by the exact same source that Feige had um, seen some of the success of the darker uh, Netflix shows and had had conversations about what, you know, what they could do to make some grittier, maybe even R-rated marvel movies and black widow was one of the ones that came up in that conversation like can we is there something we can do with that so i still expect it to be a little bit darker and a little bit grittier and maybe push a little bit on pg-13 but if they're not going to make it r they're not going to make it r but you know also at the time they didn't have they hadn't um entered into any of the stuff with fox yet so they can totally make r-rated deadpool movies and don't have to worry about doing this now so so yeah those two things were in there and then, so I'll, I'll shut up. But the other thing that we're, that we can tease for later is there was definitely, um, some, it wasn't a lot of information, but there's some information in there about guardians of the galaxy volume three. Um, there was some information in there, I guess, uh, I mean, s- some information in there that probably ties into black panther 2 i guess is what i'll say and then kind of kind of leave it at that that's something we can talk about later that's a whole lot of info so 
Yeah, we did. So we did okay on that. Um, I think we, you know, knowing I, I'm glad that we chose to sit on the things that we chose to sit on and that we didn't spoil those moments for other people. Um, I know that's one of the hardest things that, that we've had to do is, is kind of, you know, oh, yeah. we have all this stuff. We could make such a, we could make such a big splash at MCU exchange. Um, really put the site on the map, you know, and then to just decide that that's not what probably what, not what's best for everybody. Yeah, I mean, like for like to me, and I mean not to like go on a tangent, but I guess part of being quote unquote a scooper is knowing when to not run stuff. It's like just because we aren't sharing something with you guys doesn't mean we don't have the information. And it's I I'm I'm always I always err like like Charles said way back at the beginning of this conversation. I usually know about everything that's going on, but I always err on the side of caution when sharing it with anybody else. Cause I know that not, that not everybody feels the same way about that stuff as I do. So I like to, right. I'm, I try to be really careful with it. And I know sometimes I even have stuff and I want to tell Charles, and Charles is like, bitch, don't tell me. I don't need to know. Yeah. I mean, for, <laughs> for real spoilers, especially shit leading up to the film, but mostly I'm yep. like, tell me what you have. <laughs> mostly yeah, like that. Okay. All right. So that, that's going to wrap it up for us on the, first episode of murphy's law we hope that you guys enjoyed it we're obviously open to feedback um ask please ask us some questions uh, we'd, we'd love to go through some questions and and take some uh some response you know i have to give some responses to to listeners um we'd like you to stay tuned we're not done talking about endgame uh we through the process of this we realize that this is a pretty thanos centric episode so we have a lot more thoughts about the Avengers that we'd like to talk about. So we are going to work out a time to record another uh, end game post end game episode. Um, until then you can find me on Twitter at underscore Charles Murphy and Charles, you are, you guys can find me on uh, Twitter at CFS Villanueva. Once you guys have heard this, we're going to, we're still in the process of figuring out all the different places we want to host this. And so uh, where it's easier for you guys to access. So if you have feedback for us on that, we'd be more than happy to to listen to it and think about what we can do to make this a better show for you guys. Um, this was a blast for us. This was oh yeah, this today Super was fun. The first time. This was the first time that Charles and I have heard each other speak after knowing each other for for four years and, and weird, communicating. Right? Super <laughs> yeah, weird. We talk we talk every day and we had never heard each other's voices until today. So this this was a blast. Um, and so you guys, we appreciate you listening and, and tuning in to check out our thoughts. And uh, can't wait to sit down and do it again, Charles. Likewise. All right. Well, you guys let us know what we can do to make it a better experience for you. And we'll see you soon.